Hello, all ye faithful. Good day to all of you in the real and also bright city. It's your host, Father Bertram, coming to you live and on air with another episode of Forgive Me, Father, your only source of anonymous confessions, both written and called in. Welcome back, faithful. I hope that all of you are starting your day on a positive and warm note. It is currently about minus 30 Celsius here, and it's so darn cold it seems like we, here, are currently in an extreme cold weather warning, reminding us that not only is winter well and truly here, but so, so, so here that we need to make sure that we have bundled up well and good. I hope that where you are is not as cold as it is here, and if it is, you are keeping as warm as you can be. Speaking of warmth, I feel like I should get to our first confession. It goes as follows. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I betrayed the trust of a close friend by revealing a secret that they had with me. I am truly sorry for breaking their trust and would like guidance on how to repair our friendship. A few weeks ago, my friend decided that it would be in her best interest to drop out of university and start doing hair and nails more than just part-time. We live together on campus, in student housing, and they have a very strict policy on businesses being operated in their housing, and that the housing is for students only. We got into a fight about what she is doing, and in a moment of anger, I sent a long email to the rental department detailing all of what she has done that was breaking their rules. A few days later, they came in on a surprise drop-in to check up on us and found her doing a client's hair in the living room. When they saw this, they confronted her about that, as well as her not being a student in the university. She got angry and started yelling and arguing with them about how she pays her rent on time and is a good tenant and she will be going back in the fall. But they were not listening. They gave her 24 hours to leave the unit and find somewhere else to live. She then spent the rest of the day crying, packing frantically, and calling her boyfriend and parents to find out what she can do to stay or where she can go to live quickly. She doesn't know that it was me, as she trusted me when I told her I would never tell on her like that. What do I do, father? The guilt of getting my best friend evicted is eating me inside. Well, my child, I understand that you are feeling like you are at a crossroads at the moment. On one hand, you reported that she herself broke the rules of the university housing that both of you would have had to sign to get the unit. But on the other hand, 
This is your best friend, and you only want the best for her, and you must feel like you betrayed her trust by reporting her infractions. Let me just say that you chose the legally correct choice, as she was breaking the rules that she herself signed. You did not make her break those rules. You did not make her drop out or start conducting business inside the unit where it was not allowed. She did. You may not like the fact, but the fact is she willingly broke those rules and all actions have consequences, whether they are good or bad. And in this case, the consequences are bad. Please don't worry too much about this, Confessor. You have not done anything wrong. However, if it helps ease your guilty feelings, find a local non-profit and volunteer there. I'd suggest one that aims to help the less fortunate, or even children, as children are our future and we can always do more to help nurture them and help them feel the warmth of the glory and the light. As you volunteer, reflect on the actions and reactions that caused you to feel this way. The second confession is actually a voicemail, Faithful. I can't wait to hear it. I do believe that this is the first voicemail we have gotten. Let's play it now. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been, well, never since my last confession. This is the first time, and I'm sorry, Father. I guess I should start from the beginning. It was about three weeks ago that I stumbled upon the blue light district of Bright Town. They are set up like the red light districts of both Amsterdam and Bright City. Women and vert cons in the windows of all the shops. Except that, in the blue light, it means that anything goes. If you can dream it, you can do it. I guess the original idea was to let people let their steam off in indulge in their more sick fantasies and urges in a controlled place, where no one is truly hurt. I mean, it's just a simulation, right? Okay, well, I mean, in the simulation you still have the sensation of everything, but no physical permanent damage. You could jump off the tallest building, hit the ground, and become a human fucking pancake in one moment. And the next, you pull off that headgear and strip off that suit and go for a walk in the park in the real world. So I started going to this one shop. <sighs> What's it called? Uh, Club Gate. That's it. Club Gate. And at that club... I just started to let loose. Anything I could think of. Fire. Knives. Guns. All the usual things. But I needed more. After a while, using vertcons wasn't doing it for me. They didn't react like I needed them to. So I grabbed pliers one day. And took it to the ground. 
opened that vertcon's mouth and slowly wiggled the teeth back and forth until they slid out all on their own. And they screamed. They screamed with a mouthful of blood and spit and virtual tears. Each and every one of the upper teeth, father. I took my time as I slid them out, and I was... As I was going to go for the bottom teeth, it pushed me off. Vertcon's virtual constructs are not supposed to do that. They're supposed to just take it. That's what they're programmed for. I spent the rest of my time tracking down this virtual construct so I could get the rest of my time in, but I couldn't find it. I wasted 4,000 bioprints on it for a fraction of what I was owed. And I was angry, father. I worked for months to get that amount of credits so that I could go and do this. And it was just gone. When I looked around, I wasn't even in Club Gate anymore. I don't even know where I was. I saw a real mind. Just sitting there in the alley. And I was still holding on to the pliers, father. I walked over to it, father and I stepped hard on its knees, breaking them to keep them there. I, I pried open their mouth and inserted the pliers. Father, I did it to this too, slowly. The, the first few I wiggled side to side like I did with the virtual construct until there were holes in its gums, and the teeth just slid out easily. Others, I slowly twisted in circles. First one way, and then the other. I repeated it until the hole was there again. Over, and over, and over. And they cried, and pleaded with me to stop. But it wasn't a vertcon begging me to stop this time. It was a human in there. As I went back and forth between techniques, 32 times, and its mouth was pouring blood from all 32 holes. I closed the pliers afterwards and slowly pushed them into the holes and then opened them again as slowly and as forcefully as I could so I could open the holes even more. My hands could hardly hold on to the pliers after I finished with the first couple. There was just so much blood. Its eyes had rolled back at this point, father, and there was an error displayed. I think it said, Error, System Sensation Overload, Warning, Complete Shutdown, Imminent. It was flashing this awful red, and I couldn't focus on anything else. So, 
Father. What do I need to do to absolve myself? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh, my faithful. I don't know what I should make of that. Obviously, you should not have taken it that far, and by doing so, you may have caused an actual person harm. Jeremy? Jeremy? Is there a Bright Town? That's not Bright City, is it? No? Then what is it? What do you mean you don't know? Well, I don't look at me like that. I don't know either. Faithful, I will look into what this bright town is and do some research on it so that all of you in the congregation are aware of what it is and potentially how to stay away from it. I think that this would be the best place to end today's podcast. Go in the warmth of the glory and the light and know that I, Father Bertram, your host here, will be back next week with another episode of Forgive Me, Father, and, and hopefully some answers. Goodbye. Forgive Me, Father is a podcast written and produced by Ross Finlayson, with artwork by Ross Finlayson. This episode uses sounds from freesound.org, used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. Visit us on Twitter at ForgivePod. Tell your friends, family, colleagues, and acquaintances about us, and add them to the congregation. Don't forget to give us a rating on the app that you found us on. Until next time, faithful.